So yeah, I, I'm re- I'm recording. So we get this it's baby done. I mean, recording is an important step of having a podcast. <clears throat> step one: record. Welcome to 2012. You're listening to the Filmed Insert Podcast. I'm Adam Fairholm. Uh, and this is Doug Klinger with me as always. Hey. Doug, you How's don't really going? sound that excited for 2012. Are you fearing the new year? It's going to be a big year. No, I was just being cool. I was just trying to be cool and just being like, hey, what up? I'm here. Is that was, your New Year's resolution to be a little cooler? I was, I was, I was trying, but I think that when you try to like bring attention to your attempts at being cool, it, it makes you not cool. Well, so we won't do that. Let's not another finish. another New Year's resolution not fulfilled. <clears throat> well, you you'd be in good over, company. Over twenty six. New Year's resolutions are big business in America. Big business. I don't make them anymore. No, I'm not giving my money to resolution people. My one of my my New Year's resolutions or what we're doing in the New Year is doing a lot of work on filmed insert. That is something that we're doing. All right, who's excited about that? Me, you, me, everyone, everybody. And you'll know soon enough what we're talking about. Keep an eye on the site. But for now, actually, maybe or an ear on the podcast. That's right, because God. While we're doing our thing, we're always making new podcasts, and we're making still we're still in season two, and uh, we have a great interview with Greg Ephraim coming up later in the podcast. But uh, but first, you know, we thought we'd do a little something different, and that was get a little bit technical. Oh yeah, and we you know Doug and I we're technical people. We love the technical end, and I know some of you people out there in podcast land do. And uh, so this is where this is where I'm coming from. I, or, oh my god! I, did I just say that? Mm-hmm. This is what this is. Uh, there's no cool way to phrase this. So I was listening to a podcast earlier today on the Five by Five Network. It's not one of their more popular ones, but it's a really good one. Uh, they're called The Web Ahead. Um, so if you are into web technology or if you're a web developer, I highly recommend it. They've got great guests every week. And it's a long ass podcast. It sometimes goes up to two hours and forty five minutes, which we could not do. Um, I don't know you... about that. We could do it, but would no. we want to? No, no, never. So the last episode uh, was all about web video technology, which is a subject that I hadn't really considered or given that much thought to before. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it has a lot to do with what we talk about here on the podcast because or in the site in general because obviously music videos are video and like we've said many times before music videos have begin have been given a rebirth on the internet so we might take a little bit of that technology for granted um, but when you think about it it's actually really recently that we've been able to get high quality consistently high quality consistent uh consistently playable across different browsers video um in browsers and one of the main i mean there's several kind of industries that have really benefited from that i can think of one pornography uh because there's obviously there's a lot of video content out for there but i'd say another one is music videos uh would you agree with that doug I would, and I, and I think this is an interesting topic because, um, you know, people always talk about advances in technology, making music videos, um, giving music videos a rebirth in another way, and they maybe don't use the term rebirth, but they say that, like, the use of DSLRs and stuff has, has kind of made the the art of making music videos more attainable to the masses, more people can make a professional-looking music video with these easily attainable cameras. Um, 
but but few people look at the benefits that the internet have actually provided and and why and how and i think that we should totally do that well we're going to and that is a good point you're because there's two sides of the technology there's the creation side of the technology which obviously has has had made great leaps and bounds and then there's the actual consumer side of the technology which has also been you may not have noticed um but has also been making great leaps and bounds so let's start let's start with this let's say it is 2003 doug mm-hmm. for both of us we're entering uh college f- freshman in uh in college um, if we're talking about the fall of 2003 and you want to watch a video online and this is not that long ago this is 2003 and even let's you know let's say um 2000 or mid 2004 uh you want to go watch a video online what do you have to do do you remember what it was like back then i guess i would have tried to go to the band's official website mm-hmm. and and that's probably what i would have done or nothing well in terms of the actual experience it, it really depended i guess on what you what platform you were on if you're on <clears throat> on a mac or a pc and video was something you know it was basically like a, a, a file usually if you clicked it it didn't usually like play in a website it usually downloaded yeah that's uh, you know what you're bringing me back now right now what sometimes I would done i i would have uh downloaded it illegally through some means like uh, through the same website that I downloaded illegal music from. Mm-hmm. But even if you wanted to, even if there was a site like 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 um, like Film Insert or something like that, um, you really, I mean, it was the technology was around. But for the most part, if you are on a Mac and it was a movie file, then it would play in there using um, using QuickTime. Uh, or even I think if you're on a PC, I'm, I haven't used a PC for a long time, so I, I don't know. Um, but you would also, you know, maybe need to, you know, download the M- M- MWV file if it was a Windows Media file and play it outside of a browser. But the point is, is that it was a very broken experience. You, um, uh, there wasn't anything like a, you know, a YouTube or a Vimeo where these things were um, easily accessible. So, you know, the the biggest thing to come along, and I think one of the major technologies in the rise of music videos is our good friend, MrYouTube.com, which came around. It was founded on Valentine's Day, or I think the domain, founded in the domain YouTube.com was bought uh, in February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2004, and then launched, uh, had a few soft launches, then launched really officially uh, later, I believe in December. Um, and if you remember, uh, December 2005 was the uh, Lonely Island, uh, or the SNL video with Andy Samberg. Uh, what was it called? Lazy Sunday. Lazy Sunday. There you go, which was one of the first gigantic YouTube hits. But um, so do you remember what YouTube was like back in the day um, when you, when you went there? If you... If you can think back your mind back to 2005, it was a four by three box, and the largest uh, frame you could get was 320 by 240, uh, which is not very large. And the uh, the audio quality was MP3 mono. Um, if you're not f- familiar, almost all of the audio we listen to now uh, is stereo, meaning there's there's a left and a right channel. Um, and mono is just uh, one channel that, or one audio track that you're listening to um, in both ears or through just one source. Um, and, you know, the reason for this is that, you know, originally uh, YouTube was completely flash video using the source and Spark codec, uh, which is an H.263 codec. Um, and... Uh, you know that was the initial format that all you know YouTube videos were encoded with, um, initially, and you know that's the you know where that technology was at the time. Uh, and then here's a little bit of a timeline of these some of these events you may remember of where we got to now. 
Uh, in November 2008, YouTube launched 720p HD. All uh, video on uh, YouTube is progressive, which is why they ask you to deinterlace it before you upload it. Um, and it went from 4x3, which is the box uh, size, to the 16x9, which is the more cinematic aspect ratio, which um, we now have with YouTube. Um, and they also did a, a really big change, uh, which was they went from uh, the source and Spark codec to H.264. Um, so from H.263 to H.264, which doesn't seem like a, a big change, um, but H.264 was, is a, was a much more advanced codec, uh, actually one that um, Apple really, really pushed and put a lot of their effort into, or a lot of their... Um, promotional uh, might behind it, and they switched uh, to AAC stereo audio um, to 44.1 megahertz, uh, I think megahertz, I'm not a good audio guy, uh, quality. So in November 2008, you really went from something that, you know, you were looking at a box and you could, you could tell what it was and it was decent quality, but um, you know, the audio wasn't that great and the video wasn't that great. And all of a sudden you've got 720p, which is HD, and that's a huge thing. The, the codec is much better. Um, and now you have the cinematic frame style. Yeah, they took the widescreen and, and the HD, because before most home or consumer-level cameras were, were shooting in, in full frame, and so the box made more sense, and, and anything shot in widescreen was you know, kind of, it had a black bar on the top and the bottom. Either mm -hmm. that or it just or it just uploaded and it would be all out of whack and people would look really skinny. Um, and like right. I remember when it used out. to do that. Yeah, that would drive me completely nuts. You um, just like have to, uh, you know, try to re-upload it and, you know, with, you know, just hoping. It was like a roll of the dice sometimes. Right. It would, like had nothing to do with the format of the file or anything like that. It was just hoping it would be all right. Now, with that change in November 2008, which when you think about it is not that long ago. Um, oh, it's really not. It's kind of ridiculous. And this is after Google bought uh, YouTube, obviously. So they've got... I think that was... A, I think Google buying YouTube was a big... was obviously a major thing for a lot of reasons. But also, it it, it really improved the site's um, uh, search, I think, too, by having Google... Mm -hmm. um, buying it because uh and the site searchability outside of youtube right you know what i mean like I, I i will rarely get to a youtube video by first going to youtube.com and then going into the search bar like i'll just search it in google and it'll just be the first result right or, yeah, exactly. or, or on filmed insert um but I won't go to YouTube. I, I very rarely go to youtube.com homepage. Apparently, people do, though. It gets like 50 million. Apparently, it's a popular site. I don't know. Yeah, someone um, said. But, but think about it. Now, now you could take a music video that you made and put that HD product up with, which is really important, that higher, you know, a really high quality audio so somebody can put their headphones in and watch it and really get that full experience. I think that's one of the first times... Um, you know, obviously you could put that quality um, up on the internet before, but you know, this is YouTube. This is the mass market. This is anybody. You can throw a lot of video at YouTube, um, and it'll come out on the other side uh, looking good. This sort of the, you know, once YouTube's doing it, then that's kind of the, the, the standard around the web. So now, you know, we have this room for this gigantic music video explosion because all the pieces are there. And then in November 2008, a year later, they added 1080p HD support. Um, and then they just decided, uh, sorry, November 2009, uh, and then in July 2010, they decided just to go nuts, and they added 4K. Uh, and I don't think, uh, I think that's, I think you can upload the uh, upload 4K. Obviously, they have a, a, a size limit, um, so it can't be too crazy long, but uh, 4K is, it's very large, it's uh, 4,096 by... Uh, um, 3072 pixels so it's a very large video format um, and uh, so what do you what do you think the what do you think this meant for the music video like what like do you like I think that this brought in a like this made before an MTV would run videos for a variety of reasons not just for popularity um, 
whereas YouTube is a little bit now, um, you know, more kind of survival of the fittest, you know, kind of like consumer base and they advertise and push things, but you don't have to watch, you know, their videos. So do you think that uh, this led to a change in the creativity of the music video as well? I think definitely because if you're a director, let's say you're, you're working hard, hard on something that's really visually interesting um, and there's no MTV uh, or if, you know, and if there were, you know, maybe you wouldn't have a prayer of getting that video on MTV. Now you know that from, you know, the really high quality version you have sitting on your computer that you've been working on, that you can get that to an audience and still have it be that, you know, still have that fidelity of the picture quality and the audio quality and still have it be able to, you know, hit, hit in bed and, you know, almost everybody you know, who has a broadband connection will be able to play it through that YouTube player. I think that that's, that's huge. I mean, there's never really been, especially obviously for music videos and pretty much everything else, an ability from, you know, to go from the camera to, uh, to the distribution like that. And since music videos are really visually intensive, um, and they're audio intensive and they're short then music videos were the perfect thing to kind of kind of fit in there So I think there's a definite reason that a lot of the great internet music videos that we're talking about are You know uh, 2004 and and later when when you could get or you know 2000 maybe not 2008 or later but they're coming in through the mid 2000s up till now because uh, if you're if you're creating something that you know people are going to be able to see it um, in the right format and 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 be able to see what you're visioning. And it's it's basically, I mean, it's definitely started careers like Rebecca Black and you know countless number of people who aren't like necessarily mainstream artists, but you know it's arguably you know led to some really mainstream artists as well, like. Uh, like, would we know OK Go without YouTube? That's a very good question. Maybe not. Like, I think I mentioned on an earlier podcast that I I, I got a, a, a sort of a chain letter, you know, one of those old-timey chain letters you maybe you want to get from your uncle or your aunt with that video in, with that video in it, and they had absolutely no idea who OK Go was, but they really liked the, the treadmill video. Um, and that's that, and again, that's one of the reasons that why YouTube is so important is because, you know, they had allowed you to have that embed code or have that link, and YouTube really worked on getting it delivered to everything. When you upload a video to YouTube, it's not just, you know, throwing whatever you put, uh, whatever you uploaded into, a, you know, their little uh, video player. They encode it in several different formats. So depending on what you... Um, uh, are accessing it through you will get it on a different format for instance the iPad uh, does not play flash so you'll get an HTML5 uh, player uh, with H.264 video uh, codec for an iPad so you can watch it on an, on an iPad so uh, they do all the work and that's one of the reasons I think it's extremely important that uh, Google bought YouTube because Google has the money to support that sort of infrastructure the amount of space, the amount of bandwidth needed for YouTube is just, uh, and the money is absolutely astronomical. So they're, they're a utility that's doing great work. You know, as, as beneficial as Google has made YouTube for us and as, as, as many, you know, positives that it's brought, um, YouTube was pretty awesome before there were ads. That's right. If you are... Uh, if you remember this, there was a time where YouTube was completely ad-free, and I seem to remember them making a claim that they would like to always stay ad-free, and then and then they started sort of started creeping in there. But um, now it's now it's not even you can't even. There's so, some videos that you can't even watch <laughs> without without watching a, like a thirty-second ad beforehand, and it's funny because the ads never never buffer and never have trouble playing but the videos do sometimes sometimes <clears throat> not not regularly but the mm -hmm. ads never do never ever 
Well, I think they're on the edge edge there. Um, I'm not I'm not a systems systems guy, but like for Netflix, I think I this is this is way off the topic, but for you know they you know they maybe have you know couple ten that couple tens of thousands of videos on Netflix instant streaming, but they have a lot of redundancy and sort of uh, have quicker access to the ones that people watch a lot. So like True Grit, for instance, is out right now on Netflix. Um, it's another interesting topic, Netflix though, because they they are also a company that has an absolutely amazingly massive infrastructure for Netflix instant streaming. They use Silverlight. Uh, as their streaming um, item of choice. Is that Microsoft? Microsoft Silverlight, that's right. And actually, if, if for those... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it can't, as, like, can't you build a, you can build a whole website on Silverlight? Uh, if you want to waste your time, yeah. Yeah, it's really shitty. I've seen somebody do it, and they were like, it's so great, look how great this cutting-edge website is. And I was like, this is the worst website I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this is, like, horrible. Looks like a five-year-old in GeoCities made this. Well, that's you know, format wars. There's always going to be format wars. Obviously, you you a popular one was Blu-ray versus uh, HD DVD. You may remember that, which uh, Blu-ray won. Uh, Betacam versus VHS, which VHS won. I can't remember if there was anything that uh, um, was up against DVD, but you know, for every format, uh, Laserdisc. Uh, yeah, Laserdisc. There you go. There's always, you know, competing formats, and as a casual visitor of YouTube, you may not, um, or if, if you don't have any interest in it, you may not know that there's also format wars for what uh, video is encoded in and played in. So right now, one of the main ones is between H.264 and uh, a it called uh, VP8, which is open source. VP8 is open source. Um, and the container is WebM, uh, and the container for H.264 is MP4. But H.264 is a uh, proprietary format. Uh, so uh, it's, it's kind of a different, it's, it's kind of diff difficult to visualize, at least for me. But, um, you know, YouTube pays a licensing fee to license the H.264 technology. If you buy a camera, a video camera with, in H.2, for, for instance, your iPhone uses H.264 um, to encode your iPhone video, and built into the cost of your iPhone is a is a, is a licensing fee to uh, the company that licenses H.264. And VP8 is open source, meaning that uh, I think Google owns it. Actually, uh, Google, uh, you know, is the originator of it, but it's a complete. It's under an open source license. So if uh, Apple wanted to use it on their iPhone, then they could use it free of charge, no license fees to anybody. So recently, uh, alongside H.264, YouTube started encoding videos in uh, WebM as well, or VP8. Um, so, like I said, if you, you're still getting H.264 if you visit it on on an iPad, but um, you know they're sort of some would see it as sort of moving away from uh, from from proprietary codec technology, but anyway, if you're just if you care nothing about codecs, then you want me to stop talking right now, because it can but, be a little crazy. But a good thing is, all this talk of format wars got me thinking. Thinking that it's got me a little, it's got me going over oh, here. No. It got me thinking um, uh, that our great interview today kind of um, gets gets into. Uh, a director who who talks greatly about some format warring going on on in his life. Are you talking about Greg Ephraim? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. And do you know what what format war I'm talking about? Uh, red versus can versus a DSLR. I think you're getting you're onto something there, Adam. How great am I finding drawing these connections? That is a great that is a great connection. Uh, and like Doug said, our guest today is um, director of photographer, director of photographer. Is that how you say it? Um, I don't think so. Uh, DP and uh, director of music videos, Mr. Greg Ephraim, who has directed, uh, who is, if you listen to our uh, interview with Robbie Starbuck, he has done, he was a DP on a lot of those videos. And he's also directed a few um, two for Rival Sons, All Over the Road, and Pressure and Time, uh, which are great videos. 
with a 70s, which I, 70s vibe. Uh, they do have a 70s vibe. And then we got the Venetia Fair ringleader video, the Destine Down video, and another one, phone calls from home don't matter. Um, you can find those all on the site and in the show notes. I highly recommend you. So those are the ones he, he directed, right? And, and then there's right. like about like a billion that he DP'd on? Yes, he has DP'd on, on many of them. And we should also note that he, surprised to us when we were doing research for this, DP'd a commercial or, not, or a, a web viral video that we were both fans of so watch out for it's that. a video that's that's become like a meme pretty much yes so here we go uh we're talking to greggy from let's hear it My name is Greg Ephraim. Um, I am kind of like a combo double hitter, double feature, uh, buy one, get one, free director and director of photography. Um, first and foremost, director of photography and kind of do the director thing. Um, that sounds cocky, doesn't it? <laughs> if I say I do it when I want to. When the, when the muse moves you, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, pretty much my job, um, as a director, of course, is to make hopefully entertaining videos. Um, and, you know, for me, for a director, it's, you know, projects that, um, I'm into and, you know, something that I could really get something I'm creatively into across and out there in the world. And as director of photography, my job is, uh, to, to collaborate with the production, to bring forth their vision, and also, you know, make things look pretty. Now, you're what you're one of the you know first people we talked to that really is a true you know director of photography. A lot of people um, that we've talked to, you know, sh- also shoot their own stuffs. But you, I mean, you know, reading your blog and, and looking at the stuff the stuff you do, you you really, um, you know, d- are a director of photography. What would you say is is you know the biggest difference creatively when you're working on a project because obviously you know the you know the visuals are coming through you they're coming through your your lens uh-huh. it is the biggest difference um creatively approaching a project when you're directing versus when you're when you're do, being a director of photography um i think the big difference is for like when i'm if i'm directing a video i think it's um it's kind of i think it's easier in the fact of having a video come together because you know I've already got everything in my head and you know when I write the treatment I have how I want it to look in my head you know I've got everything already swirling around my head and it's already kind of kind of planning itself out while you know on the other hand if I'm brought on to be a DP you know it's always you know conversations how we how do we want this to look you know like kind of throwing ideas back and forth to each other while when I'm doing both it's just a constant inner monologue in my head that drives me insane. So when you work as a director of photography for for different directors, are you taking a different approach when working with different people or are you kind of bringing the same same thing to the table every time? Um, I guess it depends on, it all depends on the project. Um, mostly for, uh, for music videos, for example, um, you know, I, I've kind of, uh, a little saying I do is that everyone who watches me on set, they always make fun or joke about it, or they say, hey, I've never seen that before, that's actually cool, is that I'm actually kind of dancing with the camera on my shoulder. So I've never never seen anyone operate like that, because I'm just, you know, I, I, I have a kind of like an energy mantra that you know, the energy of what's in front of the camera, let it be a performance, uh, you know, a music performance or a scene, you know, that energy has to go through the camera and then through me and then back out. So it's kind of like, you know, like a circular kind of energy that kind of, you know, feeds into the, the scene and through the camera, through me. And I don't know, that's my little wacky idea, but it seems to 
work out okay, I think. <laughs> and and you, one of the websites you have is moviesthatmakeyoudance.com. So that, that definitely fits in there. Yeah, and that was not related at all. I just thought it was a cool name that people wouldn't forget. But, hey, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> and, Everyone always yells me, hey, your email sucks. It's too long. I'm like, ah, but you remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you've written a little bit on your blog about uh, – music videos and you know them having a little bit of or definitely having a, a big resurgence in the last few years which is that you know what our site is is all about yeah what are you seeing right now in music videos that you know that you like or you think is is really doing something with the art form well what i think oh for example when i started doing music videos uh, about six years ago um you know the budgets were a little higher but it was also harder, it was definitely harder to get videos, um, you know, six years ago versus today. Because, uh, you know, you had all these bigger directors around, they were, you know, around in, you know, the mid to late 90s that were still, you know, making their bread and butter on music videos. But once the uh, budget started dwindling, you know, those guys, those guys kind of jumped ship. So we had all these videos that were, you know, probably around like, $30,000, which is, you know, a decent budget nowadays, but, you know, six years ago, $30,000, that was kind of on the brink of technology where you didn't really have anything, as a director of photography at least, good to shoot on. You couldn't really afford film at that price, and for HD, it was like, all right, we have an HVX with a, a lettuce adapter. Woo! <laughs> um, and, you know, today it's... Uh, you know, with uh, with Red and Airy and, you know, all the DSLRs and everything, um, filmmakers can get a much higher quality product for, you know, less money, which allows them to do more creatively um, on lower budgets and, you know, be able to make some fantastic videos and have some good tools to work with. Um, and also, you know, finally, I think music labels are finally starting to get it that the internet is where it's at that hey cds aren't working so we have to figure out clever ways to market our music online and you know music videos still work people still watch music videos and it just happens to be that online is their market and you know you got lady gaga and artists like that to prove that and you know thank god for artists like that because without them um, labels wouldn't be saying, "Hey, let's we want a Lady Gaga video." You know, they 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 want a nice video to compete, and you know, if that makes I don't know, I'm kind of babbling now. Blah blah blah. <laughs> no, I mean that that definitely does make sense, and I I mean we're seeing that you know all over the place with uh, you know as these you know big music videos, these kind of blockbuster music videos online come out, it, it kind of raises the bar for everyone in terms of the you know the content. And the quality, as well. And, and for for you, what is the? I mean, what is your preferred sort of uh, workflow in terms of format and camera? You know, from production to 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 editing. Um, preferred, hands down. I I love film. Um, absolutely love film. But obviously nowadays it's definitely harder to do that with lower budgets and you know, dwindling resources. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, I've been a big fan of Red and what they've done to, you know, the indie filmmaker community um, and, you know, how they've kind of revolutionized the HD camera and all these camera companies are following students. You know, they've made a much more competitive and a more fun uh, film world, I think. Now, um We'd also like to talk about, you know, some of the specific music videos uh, that you've directed. Um, and one that caught our eye was the, I, I'm, I want to make sure I'm saying this right, the Venetia Fair, the ringleader video. The Venetia Fair, yeah, the ringleader video. Um, which is uh, uh, interesting. I mean, because it, it has, you know, the band's, the band setup, uh, you know, showcases the band there, but there's also these sequences where you guys are going out and sort of 
um, you know, appearing in, you know, music, you know, record stores and on the street and things like that. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about the process of, of making that and, and, and if, if those parts of that were planned or is that just something that, that kind of happened spontaneously? Um, well, the idea I had for that was to, because that, that band, they're, I think they, it's safe to say they're clinically out of their mind. <laughs> So it's not just an act because they definitely no, they're they're <laughs> freaking nuts. Um, if you ever watch any of their, they do like little blog like videos that they upload, and everyone is just equally as insane, if not crazier. They're you know, they're like cutting each other's faces and then like pouring the blood into a cup and then like drinking it and then peeing in it, and you know they're doing like weird stuff, and you're like, what? Why are you doing this? And then they're like. They're doing that stuff on stage too. They're nuts. So like in the middle of a show, they'll like throw someone through a jump a drum set and then light it on fire just because they're like, all right, we can. I was like, all right. <laughs> you know, it's, they're a spectacle, kind of. <laughs> but um, you know, I knew they were crazy and I thought it would be fun just to kind of just take them around and just flash mob kind of just random unsuspecting places, just be like not just regular places, but kind of Orange County, kind of conservative highbrow places where it would really freak people out, where they'd have no idea what was going on at all. Um, and it worked. We, <laughs> um, it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, had the producer a little scared because we are just going everywhere without any permits in front of cops. <laughs> And everything, and we just didn't care. Um, and that and, was uh, Robbie Starbuck was a producer on that. Correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a little a little scared at first on what we were doing because he kind of came onto it, and I just hey, we're going here, and we're just gonna run out and do all the stuff. And he's like, wait, you're gonna <laughs> what? It's like yeah, it's gonna be fun. Come along. He's like, all right. <laughs> but eventually, he got into it, and yeah, it was a good time. And uh, I think. The best description was it was kind of uh, the way I planned it was every location we did had to be like a bank heist to where we would get out, do our thing, and we had to do it in under like a minute and a half or two minutes because for the first minute, people are going to be watching, trying to figure out what's going on. And then for another 30 seconds, it would take for them to react to do anything or to call anyone or police or anything, then another 30 seconds for anyone to arrive or anything. So I figured if we had jumped out and did everything in two minutes, we'd be safe at every location. <laughs> so with a video that, you know, requires like so much kind of like split second action and, you know, getting in and out so quickly and uh, with a band that you described yourself as clinically insane, uh, is it is it difficult to achieve that? You know, does the band being so crazy, you know, it seems like that would make even the performance parts of the video difficult to get what you're looking for, uh, let alone like running into public places and making sure, you know, everyone is safe and unharmed and getting everything done in the appropriate amount of time. Uh, was there any difficulties to achieve that with this band and were there any second thoughts because of uh, the band? Not at all. I mean... We had a, you know, it was a, it was a tight, tight crew, really gorilla. Um, if anyone that was worried about safety, I was worried about crew because obviously the band did not care about their safety at all, so they were kind of on their own. Um, it was a super hot day out. That was the only thing that there was any safety concern is it was over 110 degrees that day, and, you know, I had these guys and a bunch of extras, you know, pretty thick costumes, jackets, you know, a guy in a gorilla costume and everything. And, you know, they, the uh, lead singer was vomiting after every take of the performance because of the heat. And, but they would just get back up and do it. And they're all for it. And, you know, they're really cooperative for the fact that they're insane, that, that when I was telling them what to do, they stopped being insane and listened to me. <laughs> so... So it worked out good. It could have been a disaster, but it ended up working out fairly, fairly smooth. You should have kept rolling on the on the throw up. Maybe that was part of the. You, you said know, he like I, keys and cups and stuff. Maybe I really it was part regret, of the act. Yeah, I really regret doing that, but I was kind of the same boat when I have a, you know, oh. a forty-five pound 
camera on my shoulder and every take, you know, I'm just sweating, sweating all over the place. And first thing I want to do is just cut and get the camera off my shoulder. So, <laughs> yeah, one of the um, other videos we wanted to talk about was the Rival Sons All Over the Road music video. Um, because you've done two, you've done two videos for Rival Sons, you know, Pressure and Time video and All Over the Road. And yes. I think it's safe to say that, that the Rival Sons kind of have this um 70s vibe going on a, a yes. little bit even in you know even if you just took them out of out of the, the the music video and then put them in a room you can kind of tell the long hair they've got to cut that aura going on definitely and, they're all into the you know 70s classic rock everything music look you name it so and, you know the all over the road video and and, and the pressure and time video to do a you know a, a really fun and interesting job of kind of pulling in you know those 70s elements you know not just in the styling but in the you know the the actual you know video techniques that you're using so i was wondering if you talk about the um you know your approach to that um and using those techniques and trying to and trying to get that look for that video well for the all over the road video um I was trying to pay homage to a lot of it to uh, Natural Born Killers. That's mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite movies, and I was watching it. Um, and I've always wanted to kind of pay tribute to that movie a little bit. And I thought kind of like the wackiness of the opening sequence, the title sequence of Natural Born Killers with the rear projection and, you know, the vintage car. And I thought, I was like, hey, you know, that's something I'd really love to do. I think it's a good opportunity to do that. And I just kind of worked it in with all these, you know, different visual ideas for, you know, the performance. And it also tied in, you know, with the song, you know, because I have, you know, it's called All Over the Road. So, yeah, all right, car, rear projection, performance, and let's just drive them in the space and then do a fire inferno. There we go. And uh, <laughs> had a lot of fun doing it. You know, it's, I guess, you know, everything you do that um, is going to give that kind of style, you know, you have to give credit to, you know, somewhere else. You're Obviously, when you're doing something like that, you're lending ideas from, you know, videos of the past. Like, for example, you know, I had the obvious Queen Bohemian Rhapsody reference in there as right. well. Um, and we wanted... The band was really into this uh, German TV show called, uh, from the late 60s and early 70s called Beat Club. And uh, we watched a bunch of videos from that TV show where it's just uh, a bunch of legendary bands, you know, like Black Sabbath, etc. And there's just straight, simple performance on a stage, but it's on a terrible green screen, like horribly <laughs> green screen. And we thought it'd be great just to have just some weird backgrounds and some horrible keying in there and you know different kind of like tracer effects and stuff and you know there, there's a lot that I wanted to do but I'm not an effects guy and I ended up editing it so it was a lot a lot of it was like me tinkering around and trying to find out how to do something and on a, on a timeline so I kind of had a lot more I wanted to do but only got off so much but I'm, I'm happy with what I was able to pull out of my butt. Where do you even find a, a rear projection or machine or because that's such a like if anybody listening doesn't know it's a very old school effect it's you know before green screens where you actually projected an image behind someone physically and, and filmed it yeah well it's a, it wasn't an old it wasn't a vintage rear projection we just got a, a modern uh, DLP projector a huge one like it's like a 10k projector um, and just a giant rear screen projection screen and I just downloaded a ton of stock footage and like random YouTube videos and whatever whatever I could find, and we just just cycled through it all and just filmed everything. And you know, the guys got drunk, so they were happy. <laughs> it's always good when you when you keep your the the band drunk on a set. You seem to have a, you seem to have a thread of of your uh, talent being inebriated or somewhat incapacitated during your videos. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It it, it works for the first five hours. <laughs> <laughs> and how I mean, how long of a, how long of a shoot do you you normally go for? Is it usually a two day or one day? 
Um, normally, normally one day. The um, pressure and time video, that was two days because I had the genius idea to do um, 20 locations for a video in two days. Um, so that was two long days of just and traveling around setting up a setup and you know because none of that was done on green screen every shot you see swapped out in that video it's all practical locations so we had to set up the equipment in the exact right spots to get the camera set in the right spot for every shot so it would match all the previous locations etc and, and I actually I saw on your on your blog that you've got um like an uh, an outline like drawn uh, over top of where the band yeah. is supposed to be in the shot, um, and uh, it, it, like, do you did you decide to do like a um, like a video that's mostly you know most of the effect is in camera because the first video that you did uh, you know the prior video that you did for them was so green screen and you mentioned that it was like kind of difficult for you to you know get those those scenes edited did you did you intentionally do something in camera because of that or is it just something you wanted to try to do well the them? the pressure and time video was actually the first video I did for them um, and then the all over the road was the second video so the first one was more practical um, location actually the the um, all over the road video we didn't shoot green screen for that one either we actually shot it on a white psych which actually worked out better because it keyed out even worse but um, the All Over the Road video was kind of a result of me never wanting to do something like the Pressure and Time video again because it was such a tiring two days. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of got the idea the night before, trying to figure out a good way to get every shot to line up exactly how I need it so it will match for the edit. And I just kind of thought of getting overhead projector paper and just tracing it on and you know drawing a horizon line and just tracing out each shot for the first setup and just matching it from there and it worked out worked out fairly well. And Did that answer the question? I, I don't even know if I even got anywhere near answering your question. Well I well I guess my question doesn't make sense because the I got I got the chronological order of the videos wrong. So that was a great so thank you for saving me. I appreciate that. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> the the last one I, I want to ask about because I was really interested that this song actually existed was the Destine Down video, which is a, a cover of yeah. uh, Down by uh, their name escapes me. Doug, help me out. Um, a, why, would, why would I? Why would I be the one to help you out? <laughs> I don't know. Some someone on the radio. Um, it has Lil Wayne on it, anyway. Um, yeah, that that one with Lil Wayne, that one. Yeah, yeah, Lil Wayne. He <laughs> never, he never, he never makes any appearances <laughs> on songs. That's what everyone calls it. <laughs> but it's such, um, you know, it's always interesting to. Is, is it uh, different directing a music video for a song that already exists and already has a, a music video, even if it is a cover, and you're kind of bringing the the feel of the band there? Where did this, where did this music video come from? Um. The, the the music video came from I had worked with the band previously on um, I actually DP'd three of their previous music videos for a uh, different director um, and I there was a whole hubbub with one of the videos and they ended up seeing my Vinny Schaffer video and they decided they wanna wanted to have me direct that video and they're they're great guys so I was thrilled and I was more than happy to do it and you know even got the added bonus of being going out to Holland and shooting it and it was my first time being in Europe so it was really fun and oh nice and yeah I mean the guys the guys are great um, you know really passionate about their their music and you know totally into the video and like every bit of it wanting to do whatever they can to you know make it as good as possible but um, to answer your question eh, it's I wouldn't I didn't really treat it any different you know because you know I'm friends with the guys so I didn't treat it as a cover I just treated it as one of their songs and kind of creating something of their own for it um, and they they had an idea 
they approached me with an idea, kind of like a a broad idea of um, they wanted a big performance, and um, you know they wanted some kind of loose story involved with it. So you know I kind of just gave them that idea, and you know we went with it, and just went around for three days, traveled around Holland and Germany, and did a bunch of crazy stuff, and got. I mean, it was a pretty low budget video, and I'm really kind of blown away by how we were able to pull it off um, by traveling all over the place, getting a bus, getting a huge venue in Holland and filling it up. They they definitely have a, a huge fan base there because I think I forgot how many people showed up, but um, you know we packed an entire an entire venue. Uh, with extras, they were just fans, and they had a blast. And you know, they're they're they treated it like a real show because you know when they came out on stage for the first take, that was their first time seeing how many people were out there, and they just wanted to keep shooting take after take after take because they're just having so much fun uh, playing for everyone. So it wasn't a situation where you just uh, lined the front front few rows and just shot around that you guys actually had like a real because it definitely i mean the vibe in the video definitely feels like there's 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 energy there yeah yeah i mean uh dping a lot of videos i'm used to i guess it's a nice thing about dping a lot of music videos and then getting into directing is that i've learned from a lot of um mistakes you know what what directors do right and do wrong and what to expect on you know planning a music video and the one thing when you plan a music video is never rely on extras to show up you know if, say you want 20 maybe two will show up and it's always the case with every video you know if they're not getting paid don't expect you know maybe less than a quarter of what you expected to show up and that was the first case where i looked out and i was like wow Okay, this actually happened. So, <laughs> it's the magic of the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt like a a good director for a second there, for for the fact that I somehow wrangled extras, even though I didn't do anything. It was all the band, like just promoting on Twitter. So yeah. nice. Um, and you know, lastly, we uh, you know. Other than music videos, you do some commercials and uh, you know work work on some commercials and uh, you know like um, some of the ones that really stand out are like the the O'Neill ones with like the very beautiful surfing women. Um, but I think that I, I I would do a disservice to this podcast um, if I didn't ask just <laughs> briefly about your work on the Skittles Newlyweds. Uh, commercial directed by cousins because that's like probably one of the greatest things on the internet ever and um, like I think I think I could speak for Adam to say we both really love it and uh, and I just I don't know say just say anything about it because it's really cool oh, man, I, don't even, I don't even know where to begin okay yeah that that was just a, a wonder child that hashed out of craziness I met with the uh, the guys who run the um, the blog Video Militia, um, which is a cool music video blog. If if uh, any of you guys haven't checked that out, not to deter any traffic from your guys' site, you spread <laughs> spread but, the love. Uh, they happen to live. I moved to LA, and um, they happen to live in my neighborhood. And they wanted to meet up because they they liked the Venetia Fair video, and I had been in contact with the guys before that, um, and they had this crazy idea. Um, obviously, the, um, if you if people haven't seen the Skittles spot, the idea is a newlywed couple, uh, their honeymoon, and they're doing the dirty, and Skittles come into play with pleasure. And I'll just let you watch it for yourself if you haven't seen it yet, and wait for the money shot. If that <laughs> if the commercial was in like TV Guide, that's what the little blurb would say. Yeah, yeah it's, beautiful. It's a G-rated. G-rated. <laughs> Have you ever heard the Patton Oswalt joke where G-rated filth is way creepier than regular filth? <laughs> yeah. I have not, no. What does he but, say? Like, juice? Uh, what does he say? I don't uh, know. I don't. It's good, though. 
We'll put it. We'll put a goof, ju- goof juice or something like yeah. that. I'm gonna fill your hoo ha with goof juice or something like that. <laughs> it's way it's crazy. Ri- ridiculous. So yeah, I just met up with these guys and had lunch with them, and they pitched their idea to me in a public cafe where other people heard it, and I could see other people looking, and I just. <laughs> They told me, and I could just see people's reactions that just heard it from around and their reaction to it. And I was like, this is crazy. I've never heard anyone pitch something like this. And yeah, I'm in just for the fact that it's so crazy. Like, <laughs> I was like, if it, if it bombs, it bombs. But if, it's, if it works, it works. And when we did it, like... You know, we, it was, we all did it for nothing. You know, it was just a viral spec shot that we shot this crazy hotel in California. It's got all these crazy themed rooms. Um, and when it was done, I didn't, I didn't think, honestly, I didn't think it was going to do anything on the internet. I thought it was just going to be one of those videos that people just see and they're like, eh, I'm next. And I don't know, I guess that's what happens when you see a video, you know, a thousand times. But I was really blown away by <laughs> These guys were dead on. See, they knew what they knew what they wanted, and they knew how it was going to work out, and they really planned it, and it worked out really good. Well, I think <laughs> I mean, you, were, you were a huge part of that success because I think the the one of the main reasons it works is because it looks so well shot that it it could e- very easily be you know like an actual skills commercial you see on TV. Yeah, well, that that was definitely a that's definitely a big thing why they brought me on that why I was really excited because you know we wanted to make it like you know like a Skittles commercial we wanted to look authentic so people obviously a lot of people that out there couldn't figure out if it was a real Skittles commercial or not mm-hmm. and they had to put a disclaimer on it that's not involved with Wrigley all that stuff for me he's the guy that guy sells it too he's the best he's he's crazy it's just oh, like they're, the dis- they're they're an actual married couple too. Oh, you're joking? No. You, you, oh my god. They, yeah. they, <laughs> no way. I'm they, blown away. Yeah, because I mean the commercial. I, I think the commercial turned out well because the the director's cousins they knew exactly what they wanted and they're very specific. You know, very thorough. And, you know, we shot for a really long time to get those exact spots. That were in, that were you know that showed up, so it was a whole lot of these guy you know this couple, just dry humping each other for twelve <laughs> hours straight, just randomly yelling out the craziest lines and us just laughing and laughing. And laughing so there's a, a lot of in, improv, the lines and stuff that was like uh, they're just saying random things. Is that kind of what that was like? It started off with like a couple specific lines that kind of got scrapped after a while that ended up not working and then it evolved into more lines and just kept evolving and evolving until they got exactly what they wanted and <laughs> and it just happened yeah no offense to the couple in the in the in the, the video but i would have never guessed in a million years that they're an actual couple so that is oh, yeah. ama- that is amazing uh way to go yeah, way to go to the guy. Uh, <laughs> I really can't believe that those two people are... Well, I couldn't believe that those two people were husband and wife in the new Skittles Newlyweds commercial. But then I looked at it again, and you can tell that the guy's dressed up to be a nerd a little bit more. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Of course. Of I can kind of envision, envision him without the everything on. And, and he would just make, be a dude. Right. He'd just be a dude, yeah. But just like the way he talks and the things that he says. Yeah. He plays the part well. He, he plays, plays the part well. really well, yeah. Good job all around. You, you guys... So, oh, sorry, I was just watching that commercial. No, it's it. cool. It's a great commercial to watch. Uh, I think it's time for P.O. Dubs. What? P.O. Dubs? P.O. Dubs up in the house. Doug, I think you got to go first on this one. I do. I got to go first. Okay, I can do this. I can do this. Hold on. Fuck you. All right. <laughs> 
I just sprayed spittle all over my <laughs> monitor. Good. My pick of the week is by a band uh, called Colts, and the song is called Go Outside. Um, and the concept of this video is really unique and uh, really cool. And these are words that I often use to describe videos, but they are very fitting in this case. Um, the band is called Colts, which I'm sure had had uh, part part to do with this decision. Um, and the concept of the music video is uh, the band is kind of cut into uh, shots from Jonestown, um, which, if you are not familiar, was a uh, famous uh, cult where uh, like a mass murderer slash suicide, I think it's uh, happened, which is um, very crazy situations. The congressman was like shot out of a helicopter. It was very wild. No, he shot next to a helicopter. I thought he was. I thought the helicopter was flying away. It was not. No, it was on the ground. Well, Wrong. Uh, whatever. I don't care about the accuracy of my knowledge of Jonestown because mm -hmm. uh, it's irrelevant, really. Um, because it's not really what the music video is about. The music video kind of cuts cuts the band members into kind of ar like archive, archived, archived. Is it like a something you put on a salad? Um, <laughs> Doug will be here all night, everybody. Yeah, you th you th you throw me off left and right here. Uh, <laughs> so he cuts he cuts the band into archived footage of Jonestown, and he also kind of cuts some scenes um, of like the actual members um, of the cult, and it, it it kind of appears as if the the cult members are singing and dancing along with the band um and i don't know it, it it's it's kind of a it, it leaves you with this kind of a strange feeling afterwards a little bit because you like knowing what took place at jonestown um you know it's it's kind of haunting and the song kind of reflects that kind of haunting vibe but i i think that he kind of treats it very delicately and it's not really like it's not really about the bad stuff that happens. I would say the video. It's more of like the 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 cult members are treated um, like people. I would say, and like like the band is part of them, not like someone performing for them, but like people who are part of the cult. And I and I think I've read somewhere that that like survivors of Jonestown who've seen the music video like appreciate like the way he treated the footage and the way he did it. But a uh, really cool video, really cool song, kind of haunting, might leave you feeling um, like sad a little bit, but also like happy because it's really funny. Some of it's really funny to like see the these people look like they're singing along to the song. Um, and uh, most importantly, it's it's uh, directed by Isaiah Surrett, and I, I hope that I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. I've known I've been known to not do that. But check the video out. Says Doug. And that's a great. That's a great video. Yes, it, it is a great video, and it, it also was. Um, Stereo Gum named it one of the top twenty videos of the year. Um, so that's a thing that happened. So I've got a few reasons for my pick of the week. Number one, we're talking about YouTube, and it got me a little nostalgic over like 2005 2006 youtube so this is a video that was update uploaded in 2006 um and if you are you know if you're familiar with youtube you can see the little like quality thing picker and you can always tell the older videos because they they haven't been up you know they haven't been coded they're you know they weren't uploaded when they had higher quality so they only have like the 320 or the 240p this one just has 240p um and it is uh by a band called tally hall and the song is Banana Man. Now, Tally Hall is a sort of a hybrid. I mean, they're humorous guys, but they're an actual band. Um, Doug, you just sent me a link. Tally Hall, have you ever seen, they, they have a trademark thing where they they all perform in different colored ties and, and like white shirts and black pants. Right. Um, but they're a really great uh, group. It kind of, it's kind of a, I don't know. I don't know if it's a sad story or not because they had, um, 
Banana Man was in 2006 was sort of an underground hit, um, and the video for it was was very popular. Um, and you can see that it's a it's directed by Joe Holly, who's one of the uh, guys in the band. Um, and the video itself really isn't that uh, there's nothing that distinctive about it. It just is a kind of a very 2006 uh, style, and it kind of is really indicative of the time of like the Lazy Sunday kind of. Um, you know, funny music videos time, but this one was also kind of a, a, a serious song. But anyway, Tally Hall signed to uh, Atlantic Records and spent like five years making an album. And then right before the album came out, they left Atlantic Records or dropped. I'm not really got dropped by them. I'm not sure. And then and went back to their old record label and released their latest song, uh, CD, Good and Evil, which. Is not as good as their first one, but anyway, I'm babbling. So it's just a, um, it's a really entertaining music video. It's got, uh, it's a really kind of distinctive, strange song. Um, my favorite scene from it is a group of, they're in some sort of office, and they're standing in front of a chart arguing about this sign that says projected sales 1987, um, and there's a midget in the in the office, so. One of those kinds of videos. This is my worst pick of the week yet. This fucking sucks. And that is it. Tally Hall, Banana Man. Goodbye. Cut most of that out. Just cut out this... everything but the words Banana Man. <laughs> what? I wasn't watching this video the whole time. I had never seen this before. That was ridiculous. It's a ridiculous video. It's um. Why did you choose that again? <laughs> because it's got two. Because it's only two two eighty. No, it's it's a it's a good video. Okay, I believe you. It's a good video. Um, if you want to see another good video by a Tally Hall, Good Days is there one that they spent more money on. Anyway, Tally, good guys. I met them when they came to Notre Dame to play. Uh, mm -hmm. It's uh, the picture's getting clearer now. What do you mean getting it clear? clear? Like you're plugging your buddies. No, no, you? no. They're not any, my, <laughs> I don't like know them. And not, you that just, I, not that I wouldn't like to know them. You just said that you guys had a very nice dinner when they came. <laughs> Met them for like five minutes when they came. They they are from University of UM, Michigan. Um, and uh, they're all, all five or five of them or six of them are from there. And uh, I was in Notre Dame in Indiana. So they were touring around and happened to be in the area. Came to Notre Dame. But they anyway, look like they're almost like a acapella group. They are. They've got. They've. They have a lot of vocal harmony and things like that. Um, but you should definitely check out the video because it's. My and while you're at it, go just go look up any. Uh, go look up a bunch of college acapella groups. the Rihanna video and I was gonna say <clears throat> that I was gonna try to be more like you by picking like a big pop star and you come at me with fucking banana man <laughs> were you rap you rapping Christmas presents or something me no I'm just fucking around with a thing oh have I been doing this for no like, no just like the past 30 seconds but anyway we gotta wrap this, this baby up